0: Hallelujah, glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. Happy Father's Day to all of you wonderful fathers out there. How many men do we have that have children? Raise your hand. Now, how many fathers do we have? Because there's a big difference. How many knows that? There's a big difference in somebody being able to parent children and somebody being a real father. Can I have an amen? This sermon is for mature audiences only because it's rated T for truth. All right? Look at somebody and say you gotta love your pastor through this sermon. The Lord has really laid a very delicate sermon Paul my heart, a very delicate uh, what information, I guess, that I'm gonna be sharing with you. And I just want you to know uh, and listen to my heart here today. Colossians chapter two, verse eight. You can remain seated for the reading of the word today. Colossians two, verse eight says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. And then another translation puts it this way. See that no man takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Brother Marvin, would you pray the blessing one more time over the word of the Lord? Amen. I do realize today is Father Day, Father's Day and I want everyone here to hear my heart because to, today I'm going to be preaching a little bit different uh, message than I normally would preach on a Father's Day message. Every year, we pastors are faced with special days set aside to honor, to celebrate a place, a person, or an event that actually took place. We face several different holidays throughout the year, and we have to preach messages on them. We preach messages on Easter and Christmas and Thanksgiving, and we preach messages on Moral Day, Labor Day, and then we Father's Day, Mother's Day, and all those different kinds of things. And even though that I believe that Father's Day is one of the most important days of the year, yet I also believe that Father's Day should be an an event an everyday event, I should say, in which fathers are honored and a father parents his children. It's not something that we are to celebrate once a year. It's not something we are to engage in as fathers just once a year. This ought to be an everyday occurrence. Can I have an amen? I stand here today and proclaim that fathers are the one are the most important people on the planet Earth. There is no greater attack on any other person or entity than on the 21st century fathers. There is attack upon fatherhood. Can I have an amen? Over the years, we have heard all the statistics of what happens to children that are raised in fatherless homes. We also have heard that just the presence of the father, whether he's engaged or disengaged, increases the likelihood of stability and success of a child in, in, in compared to that of an absence of a father. This is how important it is just to have a manly or a or a uh, male presence within the home. I have preached about fathers for the last 35 years here on Father's Day, but I'm going to be very direct and very blunt here today, and I want you to hear my heart. I want you to stay with me until the end of the sermon, and you're going to see where I'm going with this thing. Our greatest challenge in calling command and conquest is for us as fathers to rise up and to be men and to train our children to become godly adults. It is time for men to be men. Can I have an amen? I'm tired of hearing all of the excuses of why that men can't be good husbands, good fathers, good leaders and good Christians. We do not need a bunch of weak-kneed, unstable, unbalanced, frail fathers who check out. We need fathers to rise up and to be real men as our conference says. We're living in a day when manhood is being attacked and where the male gender is actually being challenged. They say that in today's society that the greatest growing persecution is among number one, white males, and number two, the fathers of all races. They are trying to take down the male gender and abolish the roles of fathers among our American society. It is the job of the fathers to stand up and to lead their homes, to protect their homes, and to instruct their children everything rises and falls upon leadership, and we are the leaders of the home because according to biblical principle, we are the priest of our home. This is the challenge I put before all men and all fathers here at the Palace of Praise today. First of all, we cannot remain silent when we see what has taken place within our American culture. I want to address the issue of the topic called critical race theory and wokeism because they go hand in hand. And then I want to tie a house that this ties to us as fathers. I want to expose it for what it is and who's behind it, how we are to fight it and how that we are to overcome it. To be a father isn't just to sit back and to teach our children how to be godly but it is also for us to stand up, become vocal, become a voice and become a leader. Can I have an amen? When good men fail to lead, bad men lead. Can I have an amen? The way that men go is the way the home will go. The way the home goes the way the, the nation will go and the way the nation go, will go is the way the society will go. Critical race theory is a movement with the radical left at the hel- helm of it and it's taken over society and it's invading our children's school which is invading their very mind. Critical race theory is rooted in Marxist ideology and it seeks to con Americans into thinking that our history was uh, and remains a uh, foundationally racist. Critical race theory demands that we despise and oppose the traditional values upon which America was built upon. Critical race theory has a sinister plan which is to divide America because the house that is divided against itself it cannot stand. Can I have an amen? Its goal is to divide and to weaken the principles and the foundation in which America was built upon that made it great and made it strong as as a nation. Critical race theory wants us to view the world through one Lens, and that lens is called skin color. However, it was Martin Luther King Jr. himself that said, I have a dream. I look to the day when my children and when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Can I have an amen in this house? Critical race theory wants us to take us back to where our skin is the only thing that really defines us. Critical race theory wants to destroy all the progress that this country has made against racism. In 2008, we elected our first black American president and he was elected for two terms. And though there is racism and prejudices in all nations, even in America, yet this did not happen in a racist nation. You do not elect a, a, a black president for two terms and be racist when it took over 50 to 60% of all white people to to vote for him, can I have an amen somewhere in this house? Vice President Pence, Pence in his speech in New Hampshire boldly spoke out against this thing called critical race theory, which he said aims to combat racism by emphasizing that systemic racism is a part of America. It is what America is. He said it has become the latest cultural flashpoint as Republican executives and lawmakers across the country move to prevent it from being taught in the public schools and in our educational system. They have Abolished, he said, the 1776 commission, and now they're trying to authorize teaching critical race theory in public schools. He said instead of teaching all children the, the, to be proud of their country, critical race theory teaches children as young as kindergartens to be ashamed of the color of their skin. This absolutely abolishes everything that Martin Luther King literally stood for. To be racist against a certain race and then turn it Around to where the other races discriminated against is hypocrisy in its highest form. To be discriminated against and then become a racist yourself is nothing more than stooping to the level of the judgmental bigots and becoming what they are. Can I have an amen? Pence went on and said, if it is time for America to discard the left-wing myth of systemic racism, oh once and for all, because America is not a racist nation. Now you say, what in the world does have any of this to be to do with fathers? I want to show you in just a minute. Critical race theory has one goal and that is to fracture and divide America. It is a deadly indoctrination that is devouring our institution and weakening the very core of our nation. People say that we are to leave politics out of religion. Yet, when politics become a religion and doctrine becomes a part of government and education, then it makes a then it makes it of a religious nature. They're doing it theirself. Can I have an amen? Education is to teach just that education, and not doctrines of heresies and endless fables and vain philosophies and empty deceit and lies of an hypocrisy. And what has happened to teaching math? and English and history and science. Can anybody tell me what has happened to our culture? Oh, somebody help me. The Bible calls it rudiments and basic spirits that's in control of the world. It is the religion of worldliness, wrapped in humanism and empowered by deception and led by demons, which causes our children, according to our text, to become spoiled, captive, and enslaved. Why is it that the government can indoctrinate our children, but the church has no right to even interject the gospel of Jesus Christ into the government? They tell you that the church don't have the right to infiltrate the government with religion, but the government takes it upon themselves to have the right to push its radical propaganda upon the church and society and expect you just to roll over and to play dead. Well, I want to tell you it's called brainwashing at its highest form and it's teaching children what they are to believe and what they believe literally determines who and what these children become. I'm here to tell you they may tell me to play roll over and die and ignore it, but this preacher is not going to ignore it. I am going to stand up and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in its highest form, and I'm going to combat the forces of hell and the spirit of antichrist
1: and the indoctrinations that's infiltrating our education system. I'm going to tell them the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the
0: Father. Can somebody praise the Lord in this house? Hallelujah. Bahaya. Hey!
1: <laughs>
0: I just had to get that out of me. Let your hand and praise the Lord for a moment. My, my, his presence is here right now. Lord, we praise you. We magnify you, Lord. Thank you for your presence and your anointing. Dr. Martin Luther King envisioned a society that looked beyond race. Now, almost 60 years later, the radical left that is influencing many parts of our government, and in some cases, completely controlling our government, they want to take us back to a world where our skin color is the only thing that defines us. And as far as they're concerned, everything about a person can be can, can be can be summed up this way: If you're white, you're racist. If you're anything else, you're a victim. Unless you're Jewish, and if you're Jewish, you really don't have a right to exist. Get mad at me if you want, but this is what they're teaching. The content of your character, your God-given talents, and your life experiences, frankly, don't even matter. We're all presumed guilty or innocent of discrimination based on one thing, the color of your skin. And it isn't just individuals who are at fault. These radical lefts say it's the American system at large. The proponents of wokeness want you to believe that racism is engraved in every aspect of our society. In their mind, prejudices is the default setting of everything to healthcare, to education, to business, to law, and the list goes on and on and on. They preach that America is inherently evil and the only way to deal with the sins of the past that divided us is to divide us further with a new form of state-sponsored racism. Now, all this would have literally sounded extreme until last year when a man by the name of George Floyd had died by the hands of cops. Suddenly, the tragedy of his death, which was an awful tragedy, I'm not here to preach on it, it was horrible of what happened to the man, but the left used it to gain momentum to march into schools and demand that anti-racism and racism be taught. But it didn't take long for the parents and everyone else to realize that these programs had nothing to do with Indian prejudices. But it was designed to turn our children against the principles of democracy, equal opportunity, and the founding ideas of the nation that made it great. The very ones against so-called racism exploited the death and the killing of a black man and used him to launch their cause. Everyone, black, white, young, old, male, female, ought to be outraged at how they used a man's death and exploited him to further their political agenda. It ought, to, it ought to make you upset that they used a man like that. It wasn't about trying to stop prejudices and racism from happening, it was about pushing their political agenda and shame on them that they had no respect or honor for George Floyd. I pray for his family, and I hope that God comforts them and that God blesses them abundantly. But this thing is not about stopping racism. It's about starting a race-based revolution and overthrowing the Constitution of the United States in the process. Already, this critical race theory, or state-sponsored racism poison is what I call it, has already been injected into our classroom in the forms of oppressive matrix. They teach lessons on the deconstruction of racial identity. And if you think this has only happened in the cities, you're wrong. It's even happened in rural areas. Students both in red and blue states, Republican and Democrat areas are being fed ridiculous lies that fonts are racist. When did fonts become racist? Here's just a few examples. A college professor teaching that Hawaiian shirts represent American colonialization, imperialism, and racism. Can you imagine that? Oregon Proponent Teachers Program says it seeks to undo racism in mathematics. Somehow mathematics has become racism. Princeton ends Latin and Greek requirements for class majors to address systemic racism. So what is the conclusion? They teach that a Hawaiian church are imperialist, Latin is oppressive, and advanced algebra. Is inherently unjust. Can you imagine that? Boy, it's quiet in here today. When the president was asked what he thought, the White House responded, "Not him." In a press briefing on this question, this was the reply: We don't believe that educating the youth and future leaders of the country systemic racism is indoctrination. Actually, it's responsible. In other words, it is responsible that this White House believes to inflame our racial tensions, to preach equity instead of equality, to teach shame over pride of, of America. Oh, they're not, they're not talking about the rainbow pride because they have no problem of promoting LGBT pride. Just pride in America founding principles because they believe them to be racist and inherently evil. For one to love his country and to be a patriot and to love his flag according to them is racist. Dr. Ben Carson wonders, when will we get back to treating people as individuals? He said, "We have never been a country that would choose one group over another group just to have what we call fairness or justice. In other words, he believed in equality over equity. You don't judge a whole race by the actions of just a few people, folks. Can I have an amen? Yes, there are bigot whites, and I'll look at them to their face and say, you're a bigot if you're prejudiced. Amen? Yes, there are extreme, maybe racial, prejudiced people in the black. But I want to tell you, that does not represent the race as a whole. He went on and said, we have not always succeeded in that. There's no question about it. We still need to work on it, but we've made enormous progress, he said, and we have recognized what is right versus what is wrong. He asked, does it sound right to judge people based on a characteristic that they can't change, that they had nothing to do with their skin color, their stature, their gender, their size, or would it be better to judge them on basis of things that they have dominion over? It's time to rise up and stop the madness, folks, in America. It's time for fathers, men of the homes, to rise up and to protect their children. I'm getting, I want to get ahead of my notes. And right here, I want to show you a video of a man that is just doing that. I want you to watch him just for a minute. This is a man that's taken, he's a father that has courage to do something about what's being taught to his children and he's ready to go to battle. Watch him. You
2: talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other. How to dislike each other? That's pretty much. What it's to, that's pretty much. I what say. It's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids this white kid right here got it better than you because he white. You gonna purposely tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed? How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? Yeah. How do I get? First of all, right? Time up. I only got five minutes now. Not five minutes. Two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Worked my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You gonna tell me somebody that looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff. Because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get no." Or oh, you know you're not going to be able to do it here because you know, the, the, the white man, the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what what kept me down? What oppressed me? I worked for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit there and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of this 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 the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we even talking about this right now. The last thing we're gonna say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Character, their character not their skin. Yeah. If they letting this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February comes, don't talk about black History The mother you gonna sit there and just pee, must pee on this grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. Lastly, we are talking about our kids. We are talking about our children. What's so sickening about me? I love the Discovery Channel. You will see that on the Discovery Channel... Animals will put their lives on the line to protect their children from yeah. danger. Yeah. Nobody want to get to the heart of the matter, get to the meat of the matter, get to the moral of the story. When it all comes down to it, the person that's going to be suffering from this, the one's going to be hurt from this is the kids. Yeah. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on and blame for this? Because this is the stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks, and you know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you, to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. And not one white person ever gonna keep any of them from getting there.
0: Give that man a hand. If you believe in him. Become a doctor. No one ever oppressed him. he become what he was. You can do all things through Christ who strengthened you regardless of where you come from, what color skin you have. I'm here to tell you that God is for you and not against you. And it's not a matter of who raised you or what hood you come out of or anything else. I'm here to tell you that if you're a
1: blood-bought child of God, you can succeed and you can be all that God wants you to be. And God will anoint you to become great and successful in his eyes. That's truth.
0: God, son of We can allow any room in our classroom schools and churches for things like critical race theory to take root, teaching kids to hate their country, to hate each other, teaching them to be apologetic for their skin color, teaching them of white privilege with everybody else being a victim. I number one, I don't want one black person in this building or Hispanic or uh, olive skin color or any other nationality to feel like they're a victim of anything. You're not a victim. I don't want anybody in this thing that are white to feel like you have supremacy because you were born white. Because we don't. I feel tension. The political maneuver was to put all this under the heading of race to describe to de- disguise its true color and agenda and to use the race card to place families under fear so that they won't They won't fight back or stand up against it for the reason of being afraid of being misunderstood and labeled as a racist. That's why they put the race card on it. Because there's a lot of people out there that are not racist whatsoever. But if they fight back against this, it appears that they're racist. And they also have a fear if they fight back that there's the fear of the attacks from race movements that loot, burn, kill, steal, and destroy. People of all colors and nationalities are being used by a political maneuver, not to stop discrimination, but to further a political cause and agenda because these people are ruthless, they're deceivers, they're liars, they're users, and they're abusers. This thing is all a smokescreen to indoctrinate a society and to divide a country for the purpose of the elite to take control and to take power. The unrest that it will cause by spreading this stuff will give them reason to take power into their own hands because the next thing that you will see is that they will begin to assume all power by taking it away from the people all under the heading of social unrest and call martial law due to the unrest and the riots and maybe even a civil war that could break out as a cause of it because they're the instigators of it, stirring it up, wanting it to happen. Mm -hmm. What is actually a minority is being magnified by a false narrative and blown up by the national media. What appears to be everyone believing it and doing it is actually a very, very small percentage that believe it. But due to the media deception that is in cahoots with evil politicians, they make you think that we, that they are the majority and that we are the minority. Can I tell you who we are We are the majority. We are not the minority. And I'm tired of the minority ruling. It's time for us to rise up as the majority and take control. Everybody has not bought into this madness. And even though there are many that are deceived, it's time for men to rise up. God is calling our men to action. If we don't get a grip on this thing, you'll see your kids facing the grueling rule of dictatorship. And you will see them lose their identity and be in control by the, by the labels that people want to put upon them. They will no longer know if they're male or female or, 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 or they're going to be condemned or empowered by, by what color skin that they have. This is, the first, this is the first thing that the devil has to do in order to rob a nation from its heritage and its founding principles. They have to change the identity of its people. You cannot rule over a people that know who they are, whose they are, what they are, and where they come from. Can I have an Amen. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were carried away into captivity, the very first thing that the Babylonians done, they changed their Hebrew names into Babylonian names that honored the Babylonian gods. This was what the woke generation is all about. It is the redefining of America and it is changing of its identity. And in order for this to happen, it has to. they have to change its educational system, its history, its belief, and its spiritual heritage all have to change in order to change the people. This is why they're destroying statues. This is why they're rewriting history. This is why they're doing what they're doing. But I declare that America will not cave to the spirits behind wokeism and the cultural race theory because I declare that the core, the grassroots, the remnant has had enough and they care too much to allow fear to get in their way. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but God has given us a, a, the spirit of power and of a sound mind to rule and to be what God has called us to be. The grassroots, the remnant is rising up and renewal is happening right now in Jesus' name. Our boys will continually be boys and they will be brought up as men. Our boys will not apologize for their skin color in which their creator made them, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're olive skin, they're uniquely fashioned and created by God, special, and there's not one supreme over the other. Oh, my. Our boys will not play the victim card, but will take on personal responsibility as being a human being that stands accountable for his action in the sight of God. Our black, white, Hispanic, Jewish, and all other races will be one because God has created all men equal. We refuse to be divided and judgmental and racist, and we will remain in unity. A people that is unified cannot be overcome, nor can they ever be destroyed. We are all brothers and sisters created in the image of God, and we are all equal, for God is not a a respecter of persons. There is no difference between us. is no Jew or Gentile, bond or free, black or white, but we have all been made to drink of that same spiritual drink. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, united as one, as an army
1: and a force to be reckoned with. And we declare by the sovereignty of Almighty God, we will not sit back and play, roll over and play dead. We will rise to the occasion. We will stand up and fight with everything that is within us, that we are we are children of God created equal in the sight of God, and we are his and he is ours. Yes. Hallelujah. We are America.
0: We're all foremost Christians and we denounce racism in all forms, in all disguises, and we treat all men equally. Nobody will be mistreated at the palace of praise or judged by their skin color. The only way to save this nation is for all of us to look at each other, have a blunt, open, honest conversation about how that our rights come from our Creator black, white, and every other color in between, as well as male and female. And, and that is the right and the responsibility that he gave applies to all. That the rights and the responsibility of those rights all fall on us. Later, I'll dress a little bit deeper if I get time. But until we have this discussion We're not going to let dangerous, destructive, destabilizing forces like critical theory, race theory, whitewash that truth away. Colossians 2 and 8 says, see that no man take you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world and not according to Christ. I pray that we as a nation, as a church, that our eyes will be open to the only bridge and change to change that of racial healing, and that only bridge is Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, he's the only one that can bring us together in the bond of brotherhood. If we are to survive, we have to have revival. We have to have renewal. We have to have an awakening in this country. We cannot be lukewarm and complacent. We have to have fire if we are to save America and make a difference. I need men of passion, men of purpose, men of courage, men of power to stand up and to take the rightful place. God is visiting the palace right now with an awakening, whether you know it or not. And an awareness of his presence is here right now. And he's not doing it, and we keep saying what God's going to do. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen tomorrow or the next. It's happening right now, right here, right here this very second. Be a courageous man. Be full of the Holy Spirit here today. I apologize. I'm a little scattered this morning. I had much sleep. We was on vacation, and my mother had fell and broke her hip and went into surgery. We drove all night trying to get here and I'm just a little tired, so just bear with me. Fathers, you are the most important person on the planet Earth. And you have one of the most important roles and have such a significant ministry for the times that we're living in. We sing that old song, These Are the Days of Elijah. And we shout about it. And we we really get involved in that song. But these are the very days of Elijah. And God's going to send the same spirit that was up on Elijah to this generation. Are you listening to me? The song is full of power and truth and it's anointed and empowered with excitement and energy. We all like it. We all shout with it. But can I remind you that the days of Elijah were not just about miracles, but they were days when a nation that once knew God turned away from God, turned aside to itself, turned inwardly, fighting against the very principles and foundations that made it great and warred against its own foundations. You know what destroyed the nation of Israel? A Trojan horse. They were destroyed from the inside. They destroyed themselves. There was no other foreign entity that destroyed them. Ancient Israel was founded by God for his glory, yet in the midst of her blessing, she forgot about God. She turned away to idols. And she drove him out of the public square. She drove him out of, out of the culture. And then she began to set up her own idols, her own system of worship. Then she began to call evil good and good evil. And then they actually profaned what was sacred and called what was profane sanctified, forming their own culture, not knowing it, but Israel in the Old Testament become a wokeism, gener- wokeism generation. They celebrated immorality. They offered up their children as sacrifice, sanctifying them to their idol gods. There are only two civilizations when you study human history that were founded solely for the actual purposes of God. Only two. The first one was called Israel that was designed by God. The second one was called America. America was founded by the Puritans to be a city on a hill to be a civilization that existed, quote, for the glory of Almighty God. That's why this place was established. No other civilization has that in their history, other than Israel. It was founded after the pattern, America was founded after the pattern of ancient Israel, and it was to be Israel to the new modern world. But as ancient Israel fell in its blessing from God, so has America. We have taken God out of the public square. We've taken him out of our schools, taken him off of our governmental buildings and everything else. We've drawn God out of the culture and we brought in our own idol gods. We've served idols. We too have called what is evil good and good evil. We too have profaned what was sacred and we too have sanctified the profane. As Israel offered up thousands of its children, we have sacrificed millions of our children on the altars of self Not only in abortion, we think, well, that's abortion. Not only in abortion, but we have sacrificed our our children upon the altars of self. In other words, we checked out, and what will be, will be. Well, that ain't my fight. That political fight ain't my fight. Pastor, why are you preaching that kind of stuff? You shouldn't be, just preach the love of Jesus. Just preach the grace of God. It's like Israel saying, oh, the Philistines, that ain't my fight. Oh, the, the Moabites that ain't my fight. Oh, the Hittites that ain't my fight. Oh, the Chaldeans that ain't my fight. Yeah, and they come over and take you over and destroy you. They fought against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. You can say what you, call, you can say whatever you want, but if you check out on this thing, you lose. Your children lose us. Somebody's got to stand up and fight. We have become a nation at war with the very foundations that we were built upon. These are truly the days of Elijah and the days of ancient Israel. Israel moved away from God to judgment. God sent warning after warning after warning. He rose up prophets to prophesy them. Instead of not them hearing the prophets and just ignoring them, they tried to silence the prophetic voice by killing them. Is that not what is taking place right now in America? God has sent us prophets to America, but just like the ancient Israel, we not only listen, we're crucifying them. we're destroying them with our mouths. Fathers, it's time to stand up and lead and protect and instruct and guide and teach and disciple your children. It's time to go to battle. It's time to go to war. It's time to fight the good fight of faith. It's time to fight for them, to be a voice, be a man like the coach in Virginia who was willing to lose his job as a teacher and a coach rather than tell boys they can be girls and to tell girls that they can be boys. He would not teach them racism. He told them, the judge on the witness stand, he said, I am not gonna judge them by the color of the skin but by the character of the child himself. And he was lost his job and was thrown out because he stood up for what was right, and he was willing. Are you willing? But praise God, it went to court, and they made the, the school reinstate him back in as teacher. Can you give God praise? <laughs> Can I have a few good men that will run to this altar in the morning and say and cry out and see the revival or run? Can I have some brave men to stand up, mark their lips with truth, and declare, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Can I have an amen? The wokeism has declared a, a revolution. But I want to tell you, you can declare wokeism. You listen to me. I hope they're watching by by our internet. Wokeism, you can call a revolution all you want. But I decree and declare by the authority of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that there is a rise of the remnant
1: church, and it is rising. And I declare, I declare a spiritual revolution like this country has never seen. And the wokeism will be destroyed, and the racism will be destroyed, and men will rise up lock hand in hand in all colors, joined together to praise and to magnify the only one true God, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Would
0: you stand with me this morning? The very thing that you cherish, you better go to fight for it. Your children, it's time to get vocal. When you hear a bunch of nonsense sitting there, and if you know we're a bunch of cowards. Say, ma'am, you're getting on to us today. Now I'm getting on to myself even. They come up to your table while you're in restroom; They want to say their little slurs. You're supposed to be a Christian, just love it, take it on the chin. Well, it's time to, in this time of day, it's time to say, you do error not knowing the scripture, brother, let me enlighten you. Do it in love. Preach the truth in love. We let them go around talking. We just bury our heads in the sand and cover it up and say, we just ignore them. They go around spreading their hypocrisy and their lies and their deceit in the ears of our children hear it. And they don't see mom and dad standing up opposing it or anything. Mom and dad most of the time don't even know it exists. That's how out of tune we are. You know why? Because we've checked out. We get in our routines every day. We read our same newspaper, watch our same news events, do our same little things. And we're not paying attention to the affairs that's going on. We're not spiritual people being alert like the men of Issachar. We're not in our prayer groups. We're not in there interceding. We're not in there thinking. We're not in there allowing God to speak to us. I'm telling you, what I'm preaching to you is serious. Your children, your grandchildren are at stake. You may die and go on and not feel the effects of it, but they're the ones that's gonna feel the heat of it and the blood of it. Can I have an amen? Oh, I feel a boldness here today. Is it all right to preach like this? I understand. Here's what they tell me. When you preach sermons like that, pastor, you'll lose a certain amount of people. I told you know what I, my response is? If I lose them over what I preach in that arena, I never had them in the first place. I would rather have 50 in unity than have 500 out of unity because the unified will overtake the ununified. If one could put a thousand to fly and two can put 10,000 to fly, my goodness, what can six or 700 of us do? Come on, somebody help me preach. I know this is a weird Father's Day message, talking about wokeism. And I'm going to tell you, it's more than just skin color, it, there's all kinds of stuff involved in that, about gender. The stuff they're teaching is completely off the charts of normal human thinking. And let me just say what it is. Now, I'm going to be cut to a corner. It is demonic. It is deceiving spirits. It is seducing spirits. In the last days, there'll be what? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They're doctrines of devils. And then everybody wants to say, oh, But you're supposed to preach the gospel. To preach against doctrines of devils is preaching the gospel. To expose them for who they are and what they are. I cannot unify the church on a bunch of lies by me caving into it. Let's just all try to get along and I apologize. I'm white. I do not apologize. I'm white. Neither should a black man or an olive-skinned man apologize for the color of their skin. I am uniquely fashioned by God and God did not make a mistake when he made me. And neither did he make somebody a mistake because they're of a different nationality or a different color. Am I all right by preaching this? Jonathan Ziegler, Lord willing, will be here next Sunday morning. He's one of my best friends. And you'll notice he's a black African-American. And what I'm preaching today, he'll agree with me. I need some men to be courageous. I don't need you to check out. M- remain ignorant. There's no reason for people to be ignorant with the touch of a finger you can have all the information you want. You have to read, pray, find out the source of the information. Come on now. It calls study. It's called discipline because there's a lot of false narratives out there and I want to warn you don't pay attention to the national media they're in cahoots all your main corporations are behind it big money, big tech are behind it, why? because they want to be in control and they want to take complete control of your life Come on. The very things they teach, they shield their t- children from. All these, A lot of these people that are teaching this stuff have their children in private schools where it's not taught. Isn't that crazy? They'll protect their children, but they'll sacrifice yours to the altars of their agenda. I need some mothers to be courageous to back your husbands to love your husband don't nag at him don't beat him down all the time encourage him edify him lift him if he's doing things wrong the worst thing you can do is jump on his back and try to be his conscience and try to be his Holy Spirit you take that to a matter of prayer to the because I want to tell you that will defile a man a man if he's a man he can't take that come on I'm not saying that sometimes you can't give them a word of advice and a word of encouragement and a word of correction, but don't be someone nagging all the time. Come on, somebody, where's my men at? Oh, they're afraid to move right now. They need a helpmate, and when that man's there, and that woman needs to hit her knees and in love and wait for the right of the prompting of the Holy Spirit to speak to that man's life. Don't drive him away. Love on him, support him, encourage him, edify him, honor him. I need some men who will stand with Pastor Miller. What men will stand with Pastor Miller this morning and say, I'm getting serious about my relationship with God and I'm getting serious of becoming a mouthpiece and a voice for God. I'm tired of just being checked out not being a part, not being in the mainstream of the anointing, not having an anointing, not understand the things, some of the things I preached on is completely over the heads of some people. They don't even know it is even out there and neither does it exist. They don't even understand why I'm preaching it. But I'm asking you, how many men do I get on my side? I want you to come forward. If you're gonna honor this thing. Don't come if you don't want to. That's all right, no one's gonna judge you. That ain't what we're about. Now here's an army look at this army this is an army
1: huh, huh.
0: Be real. The last days, it talks about the spirit of Elijah coming back up on the land. John the Baptist came on the scene; they thought he was him. You him? Well, I admit that same spirit that was upon Elijah did end up in that generation. I'm here to tell you, it's here now. Who'll take the mantle of Elijah? Who's going to take that mantle and stand up against the things that man stood up against? He stood up against Jezebel. He stood up against Baal. Come on. He stood up against the idols of God. He had his faults. He had his moments of failure, just like me and you will have. But as a whole, he was a man of God, unafraid. took the role. He wasn't perfect. You don't have to be perfect in this thing. You just have to be willing and ready. God will perfect that which concerns him in your life. I'm asking for you men here today to ask for the spirit, not only of Elijah, but Elisha to fall upon you, a double portion of this last day. I'm asking you to get serious and say, God, make me a real man in the spirit. Don't let me be checked out of what's going on. The reason that we are here for such a time as this is because God placed us in this generation at this moment, and your life has significant purpose to further his cause in these last days. That's why you're here, men. That's your main goal. That's your main objective is to take charge of your family. Take charge of your life. Take charge in your church. Take charge of the things of the Spirit to learn how to intercede, to operate in the anointing, to hear the voice of God, to be keen, to be aware. all for two weeks I have fought this message because I didn't want to preach it upon Father's Day. I had it ready before I ever went on vacation and I was thinking of how I can change it while I was laying out there in the sun on the beach because I thought, man, that is a hard message. And the Lord said, you are my man, speak my, what I tell you to do. And if you stop telling, speaking what I tell you to do, you'll no longer be my man. So I ask you right now for a moment of time to lift your hearts, to lift your hands and start ask, repenting like you've never repented before and ask God, God, come into my life. In a more fuller and deeper way I commit everything that I have unto you everything that is unsanctified sanctify it to your glory God forgive me of the things that I'm weak in forgive me of the things that I lack in forgive me of the things but I'm here to correct them I'm here to go forward in the name of Jesus I'm here to consecrate myself afresh and anew I want the spirit of Elijah to rise upon me I want to be used to take down Baal. I want to be used to take down false prophets. I want to be used to take down Jezebel. I want to be used in the last days to be a voice of truth. To be a voice of truth. Right now, folks, intercede. Come on, enter in, you gotta enter in. It's a war, there's a spirit of antichrist, a spirit of Jezebel, trying to stop you from even warning and even
1: have success.
0: Women, I want you to stand behind them as much as you can. Lift your hands this way. You can stay in your seats if you want. but Put your hands towards your men. Pray over your man. Pray over these men. Intercede on their behalf in the name of Jesus. I'm giving it a moment that I'm going to do something else. Oh, there's a sovereign move right now going on among our men. Ooh, breathe upon him, God. Breathe upon him, God. Oh, Holy Spirit. Eh Hamba robosia la bahai hai Oh Holy Spirit more now I want you to do one more thing with me. I want you to unite with four, five, 10, 20, 30, whatever you can. I mean, grab a hold of brother's arms and I want you to show unity and look at him out. Look at the people that you look at and say, We're together. We're unified. We're an army. You need me. You call me. Make one another kind of. Now pray as a unit together. Would you do that? But love on each other. Pray with one another.
3: lawful at times that we've given in to the intimidation of the enemy but Lord today you pull back the shades and we recognize him as the liar and the deceiver that he is God I'm believing in my heart that you are aligning these men you are aligning these men for a last day move within their homes, within their jobs Even within their own life. God, we're coming into alignment with your plan and your purpose. God, we're coming into alignment with your word. We, as men of God, we rebuke the plan of the enemy and the agenda of the enemy that he has for our lives as individuals, over our families, over our workplaces, over our finances, over our health. He is a liar. He is a cheater, he is a deceiver, and we rebuke him in Jesus' name. We are called to build a kingdom. We are called to build your kingdom. We are your children. We are sons of God. We are heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are princes. We are royalty walking. And the lies of the enemy that he has deceived us and cheated us out of so many blessings, out of so much relationship with you, we rebuke it. And all the men that agree say amen. God, we claim your purpose. We claim victory, not in and of ourselves. But you are our heavenly Father. And we want to honor you as our Father today. God, we glorify you and we build you up. And everywhere we go, Father, we want to declare truth. We want to tear down falsehoods. We want to tear down lies. And we want to deliver truth unto this world. In Jesus' mighty name. And all of the men, all of the men say amen. Amen. So be, give God praise in the house today. You are dismissed.